The Tarverian Podcast is a production of the We Can Make This Work Probably Network. Please check out more of our shows at www.probablywork.com. friends to the Tarviren, a Wheel of Time podcast hosted by, well, me, Bill. Join me, Bill, each week as I go through the books chapter by chapter, hopefully spoiler-free, until we uncover the full mysteries of the wheel. Yes, hello everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Le Tar Le Therien, What the Tarverin? The Tarverin, <laughs> a Wheel of Time podcast with me, Bill, your sadly solo host these days, <laughs> keeping you entertained through these darkened days. With Rob and Rich sadly passed on to the other side of Sedin. If that's actually a thing. I can't actually remember. You know? Do you know what? I haven't read these books in so many years now that so much of it is becoming quite fuzzy. I can't wait to get to some of the later books and actually try and remember some stuff that happened. <laughs> you know, Did Perrin really walk that far? You know, Things like that. I really want to know. But anyway, I'm here today, guys, to talk to you about... Again, we are still in The Great Hunt. Probably my second favourite or my favourite book. You know, it depends on the day. But this is one of the best books ever in the series and i'm really hyped to be able to get to go through it with you all and um yeah we're talking today about the chapter beneath the dagger and you know the, the first page you know you get your little emblem at the top of the page is a big picture of the horn of valair which has got lots of twists and twiggles in it you know pretty cool uh, so yeah this is called beneath the dagger so Rand wakes up and he's sleeping beneath the dagger. Yes, <laughs> um, Kingslayer's dagger. It's called. It's a big sort of like mountain range thing, which is where they've ended up. And they've ended up coming out of the other side of that weird like mirror world place. And they think that they're in front. In front. <laughs> in front. God, I'm really good at doing a book-based podcast when I can't even say the word front. Um, they're in front of Padin Fane, his gang of trollocks. Um, but Rand is still kind of mulling it over in his head like they've been sleeping here now at Kingslayer's Dagger for a couple of days he's with obviously he's with Loyal, Hurin and Selene and um yeah he's just like mulling over in his head he's kind of torturing himself a little bit he wants to take Selene away to safety but then she's also the one who's encouraging him being like you should what you should wait you know wait you want to be the hero Rand you want to do these things you're going to be the big boy Rand going to be a big boy now around aren't you yes Celine. yeah yeah all right all right calm down you're not my mother <laughs> yes <laughs> but yeah they, 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 they're there because you know the trout this is where the trout had been going in the other world and they kind of think that it was like a future echo of where the trout was going to be so they're waiting for him to turn up basically 
And Randy's just like, God, I just want to take Celine back to Corinthian and uh, take her up the Corinthian. Yes, that's it. <laughs> but she's the one who's talking him out of it in the end. He also starts thinking about Egwene and kind of where she is at the moment and her journey to becoming an Aes And he's like, oh my God, next time I meet Egwene, she's probably going to try and gentle me. And I can't help but feel every time I read and hear them say, you know, they're going to be gentled. Like someone's literally going to cut their balls off. <laughs> now, I apologize for any women listening to the show because obviously, you know, maybe not as comparable. And obviously the, the women's version of that is just, Fuck, absolutely horrific. So I'm not going to go into details on that because that's just going to make me feel sick and put me off my lunch. Um, oh, lunch. I'm really hungry, you know. I might have a sausage sandwich today. Yeah? I've got some I've got some corn sausages downstairs. I might have those. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so <laughs> talking of balls. Um, <laughs> yeah, so he sees, you know, he's and he starts remembering things from the past as well. Like he sees Tom Merrilyn's cloak and the harp and he's like, God, I've... I feel like I was happy back then. It's like, no, you weren't. You fucking rose-coloured glasses. You were fucking running for your life. You were sleeping in barns, getting chased out by bloody farm daughters' dads who thought you were going to try and sleep with their daughters and stuff. You were not having a good time. And Matt was turning into a right little prick. You know, he had the dagger and he was getting really angry about everything and being a right little douchebag. And then you ended up bloody blowing those doors off that you didn't know you was doing. You were using the one power. You know, that was a terrible time for you, Rand. Don't look back fondly on it now. It was terrible stuff. But yeah, he's kind of like, uh, I think I was happy then, even if I was running for my life. <laughs> so we we get the feeling that although currently there's no like real immediate danger, although they are waiting for Padding Fane to turn up at any moment with his gang of Trollocs and Dark Friends, Rand's really getting the pressure. You know, it's really beginning to sort of push on him and make him think a lot. And this is kind of where we're getting with Rand now. He's gone from being the war-headed idiot to now someone who's thinking about every single action, about every single person and how they're trying to almost manipulate him. And, you know, that paranoia setting in as well. All, all these people are trying to manipulate him. He's, his personality is really beginning to develop and change. And he also says, like, um, he also mentions about Egwene and Celine. He's like, God, I'm not really good enough for either of them, am I? And it's just like, Rand, have some confidence in yourself, man. You're like a six foot four ginger warrior come on <laughs> have some balls mate you know be be more strong with the women <laughs> uh perrin perrin would have known what to do yeah rich would have known <laughs> but he's yeah but he's kind of even though he's sitting there musing to himself it's cut short because he suddenly sees celine bending over his saddlebags so he unzips his floor. I mean, um, no, so he, he's just like what? what what the hell are you doing <laughs> she's trying to undo his bag and he's just like obviously he's his fear comes from the fact that he knows that bloody flag, that flag of the dragon, is in the bag. It's just like, oh, how can I? How's this thing supposed to keep me safe when at any moment someone could find it and they want to kill me? Like, this is ridiculous. And so she's she immediately says, like, I was just looking for something clean to put on while I cleaned my dress. And Rand even notes that her dress is really clean. But also, if Egwene had so much of a crease she wouldn't stop hell for leather until she'd got it out of her clothes. So he's very much like. Oh, she's just so fucking suspicious, isn't she? Come on! Rand, use your brain. She's trying to go through your stuff. Anyway, he decides to give her a shirt. She strips off and puts it on. And Well, he turns around, actually. And this is where he's talking about, um, you know, we should we should go. We shouldn't be here. She's like, but the horn will come. And then he turns around and, like, mid-sentence is, is just like, because uh, 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 he suddenly sees that she's wearing nothing but his shirt and uh, her bare legs, which apparently are white as white. 
They're just hanging out, and he just goes full teenage boy. Can't talk. And she, meanwhile, she's like, "Come on, think about the glory to come. You will be there with the horn in your hand." It's like, there's, there's, there's certainly going to be something in his hand in a minute, Celine, if you don't put any clothes on. And you will be another Arthur Hawkwin. And it's just like, no, 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 it wouldn't be proper. And it's just like, yeah, it's just such a silly affair. She's using all of her womanly charms to just completely distract Rand from the fact she was just rifling through your bags. Rand, you even said when you woke up, like you said, I'm pretty sure those saddlebags are right next to me. Now they're over there and Celine's bending over them, looking through them. She didn't actually open it. She had her hand on the buckle. But, you know, she was about to, man. Rand, come on. Come on. Stop thinking with your your Sadine. Start thinking with your Sadine. (laughs) <laughs> that, doesn't, that doesn't work. <laughs> oh well, doesn't work, but it stays. Uh, then suddenly Hurin comes running into the campsite, and he's like, "Oh, what, 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 oh guys, guys, a fire, a fire, a fire down the hill!" But he also, he also sees Celine and stops and starts like puts his head to the floor and starts rubbing his hand like Rand and Celine standing in the dark. Celine's half naked. <laughs> Rand's got his hand on his horn. I mean, um, <laughs> he's like, "Oh, I'm, I'm sorry, my lady." <laughs> and Hurin wakes up. Uh, not Hurin, sorry, Loyal wakes up and like is like, is it, "Is it my time for the watch?" <laughs> This is this this beginning to feel like a moment of like uh, falls and horses, <laughs> only falls and horses coming into the episode. It's pretty funny, um, <clears throat> and so it's just like oh right okay. But anyway, eventually Hearing gets his shit together because Rand goes Hearing, what is it, boy? <laughs> boy, I don't know why I said boy. Hearing's like twice Rand's age at this point. I don't know. Um, he's like, what is it? And it's just like he's like ah. Oh. It's there. I saw. I saw. I saw a fire. They were obviously trying to hide it from people following them, but they didn't expect people to be the other side and quite high up above them. So he said, "I can see it. It's about two miles away, not very far off." And it's like it's definitely, it's definitely them, because you know, why they they're obviously trying to hide the fires from um, Lord Agamar, who's following them. <laughs> okay, Celine. Why did he give Lord Agamar the horn? Who's this Lord Agamar? Why don't you take it for yourself? Shut up, Celine. Shut up. <laughs> um, and so yeah Ingtar yeah because he said yeah because Rand was even like Ingtar would not try and hide a fire because he's got no need to he's just trying to chase after them <clears throat> um, so yeah Rand's like come on we'll follow them in the morning we'll have Intar catch up and then Selene's like no no you don't want to give all the glory to Intar this is our last chance and what if it's not even them you know, you lead them on a wild goose chase and then we lose the trail completely? No, not happening. And Rand is like, okay, I'll go down by myself. Um, and Celine's like, no, you should take um, Loyal with you. But she uses like a funny name for them. Like, it's not, she doesn't call them the Oats, she doesn't say you take the Ogre with you or you take Loyal with you. It's like, you take the Fim Blabim with you. <laughs> Man, I should have, I should have wrote that word down. <laughs> I don't know why I didn't. Um, it's just like, they just carry on as normal as if she said something normal. She says it like two or three times, and then eventually he's just like, "What? What is the what is a flim flim?" <laughs> and then the lawyers went into close case like, "Oh, it's a really old name for my people. Something to do about tree huggers." <laughs> okay, so she's just all, always slipping in these things where she seems to know way too much information and have really strange old time names for stuff and it's just there she's just um, she's the pinnacle of suspicion it's really annoying but yeah anyway so rand loyal take a horse and they go down to the camp and then they start sneaking in and yes they see trollocs there are trollocs about there but rand goes in alone and he's 
somehow sneaking through everyone <laughs> like some sort of madman. He's uh, he's <clears throat> put himself deep into the void, seeking the emptiness so he can feel the world around him. But he can also feel Sedin out there and hear it in kind of... He, he gets really musical in this chapter. It's just like, I can hear its musical tones talking to me, going, YMCA, Rand, don't you want to use the power today? You island, you wanna know how it feels You can burn everyone to shit You can use that in all you want Down at the Y-pad in vain uh, Sorry <laughs> I don't know. That was all off the cuff And I very much apologise for my actions <laughs> Yeah, and like Avengers like they, they sort of say, you know Trollocs are just really lazy You know, they're They'll do anything, they'll give up any task but killing, basically, including guard duty. So it makes it really easy for Rand to just sort of sneak in and then suddenly, like, out of nowhere, moonlight illuminates the whole area so Rand can perfectly see exactly where the horn is. And he's like, there it is, I can see the horn of Valeria in that big fucking chest. It's just like, way too much is, like, happening in this moment to make it the perfect conditions for Rand to sneak in. It feels like someone's having a hand in here. (laughs) You know what I mean? No, I mean, Celine. Yeah, it feels a bit suspicious, Celine. Maybe, Celine. <laughs> I'm not. No spoilers here. It's just. I'm just. It's just she's so fucking suspicious. <laughs> Everything about her. Um, anyway. Um, yeah, so he gets all the way up to it and then he sees another. Like, there's basically like no one sleeping anywhere near the actual crate with the horn in it, except one mound, you know, which you can guess straight away. Oh, it's probably Padding Fane. Um, in fact, actually, from the earlier chapters, Padding mentions about no one wanting to go near it, and he puts the dagger on top of the chests because he knows it will keep people away. And Rand sees the dagger, and he's just like, I don't really want to touch it. So he quickly nips it up, puts it in his back pocket. You know, he doesn't want to touch it for too long because he knows what it did to Matt. So he suddenly got the horn of Valer. In his hands, he's got Matt's dagger, and he he summons over Loyal. Loyal comes over, and Loyal just picks it up like it's nothing. Because <laughs> Matt's like, "There's no way I can carry that fucking chest. I have to drag it out here. I make so much noise." And Loyal just lifts it up like it's light as a feather, and then they just carefully, sneakily go back out through the sneaking Trollocs. But Fane has got two things: he's got a connection to Rand, and he's got a connection to the dagger. <laughs> he suddenly feels. The presence of the dagger gone. I, well, I, this is what I assume anyway. That he's felt the presence of the dagger gone. And suddenly wakes up. He's like, ah, L4! <laughs> you bastard, L4! Come here so I can kick you in the balls! Got <coughs> <laughs> the Wheel of Time in my head is very different to what I actually read on the Wheel of Time. But yeah, he's just like, he's fuming. Just like, Rand! I know it's you, Rand! I can sense you out there. But I can't sense you because you've got the void. <laughs> and so, Rand's just like... <laughs> fucking cheese it loyal go <laughs> so loyal starts to run Rand summons in the voids Trollocs and dark friends are running out in all directions searching for them a couple of them find him Rand's full on just like he can feel Sedin singing to him you know singing the YMCA beautifully into his ears and he's going into his forms he's using the void and his sword to try everything that he can to not use Sadin to kill them. And Sadin screaming at him, going, Slayer! <laughs> no, it's telling him, like, burn. You can just use me and burn everyone here away. You can burn the Trollocs, the Dark Friends, and even Padden Fane himself. Um, but he's just like, no. He's just like, I'm using the Heron Blade, and it's going to keep Sadin from me. And then after a while, <clears throat> he looks back at Loyal. Loyal's 
put the crate on the thing, Rand drops the void, runs after him, and they zoom off up the mountain on their horses, getting away after Rand has killed like half a dozen Trollocs. <laughs> and then left without anyone really knowing where they're going. Success, eh? I've played Metal Gear Solid a few times, and that was a damn good invitation. <laughs> Infiltration, Rand. You did good sterling work there. Uh, and yeah, so eventually they come back and they meet up with Celine and Hurin again. And Celine, like, Rand is like, I don't know how to open his chest. And Celine's like, let's do this. And she puts her hand in some like really tricky spots, clips some latches, and boom, it opens up. No one else has been able to figure that out so far. How did Celine do that in two seconds? You suspicious Celine. Suspicious is your name. Your honesty to blame. That's a Metallica song. I'll have to listen to it later to remember what it was. <laughs> and she also, when Rand looks at the horn, she reads the inscription on it. Taimi avion modin isla vadin. Which translates to the grave has no bar to my call. Because <laughs> it's going to summon the heroes of yore, isn't it? Yeah. That's what the fucking horn does. Ah, so yeah, so, so now, you know, she also speaks the fucking old tongue. Oh my god. If this woman isn't fucking like, I don't know, like the Dark Lord in disguise, or what's his name? Who's the guy? Beelzebub. Beelzemon with his burning eyes, like just disguised as a woman. I'm going to eat my shorts. Fucking <laughs> Bart Simpson from the 90s. Whoa. Right, Bill, come on. I'm going to use my fishing rod. I'll wind myself back up to the modern day. Right, anyway. Oh, <laughs> uh, yes. So, um,. Rand's just like, no, I'm going to take the horn back to Shinar. Celine's like, no, no, we should go onwards. He's like, no, no, I've got to take it to... Oh, he, well, Rand's also thinking, he said, I really need to actually take this fucking thing to Tarvalon. <laughs> fucking fat chance I'm going there with all those fucking witches wanting to gentle me around there. So he's like, I'm just going to take it back to Shinar. I'm going to let Intar deal with it from there and they can take it back to the White Tower. Fine, fucking... Uh, and Celine's like, no, no, Corinthian's not far away. And also that's where Intar's going to end up if he keeps following this trail. So he's just like, let's go back to the safety of Corinthian and we can all stay there together. And then also, at this point, he shows everyone the dagger. And again, Celine's just like, put that thing away, throw it away. <laughs> that thing's deadly. She's like, how do you know that? It's just a fucking dagger to you. Like, we know it. We know it's cursed. We know it's got some weird shit going on with it. But she's just seen a dagger and she's like, whoa, Rand, what are you doing that, man? And so Rand actually puts it inside the chest and is just like, <laughs> this this will keep us safe from the dagger's evil powers. <laughs> he says it really confidently, and then he, he quotes saying something that Land told him. Says the time to sound most confident is when you're least confident in what you're doing. <laughs> so Rand doesn't believe for a single second that the fucking chest is going to protect him from the dagger, but at the same time, he's just said it to keep everyone calm, <laughs> including himself, <laughs> which is really funny. But he's just like, no, I'm not throwing away the dagger. I'm keeping this thing. This is the only way I can save Matt. He will die without it. And then he wonders, but what is the cost of that? You know, if I give this to Matt and then we use the Ace, we ask the Ace of Die to heal him, what is going to be the cost from doing that? Like, what are the Ace of Die going to demand of them? So he's again, he's all this sweeping paranoia going through his head. Poor old, poor old Rand. And then suddenly, change point. <laughs> yes, we flicked to Padding Fane's point of view. I think we've had one of these in the past, but I love it when we get to Padding Fane. He is just such a. Oh, like, makes my skin crawl. He's so deceivious. <laughs> deceivious? <laughs> if that is a word, I'm going to be amazed. But yeah, you know what I mean. He's just like so oh, oily and disgusting and 
violent and oh, everything. He's just great. He grabs all the Trollocs around him and he's like, we're going to hunt for Rand. I know it's Rand. He's in Kingslayer's Dagger. And he's just like, that much of the Dark One's gift still remains to me that he can always sense where the dragon is, pulling him like a lapdog. And he's like, I'm not going to be a dog anymore. And he's like, telling these Trollocs to go out and fight him. Otherwise, uh, and, and the Dark Friends, otherwise I'll end up like the matey on the floor who first came to him and said, can't find Rand. Sorry, Fane. He's, he's done a runner. And he's just like this Trollocs like bleeding out on the floor. Legs scooping mounds of dirt out as it thrashes around. It's just like, Fane is just, Fane is just fucking mean. He's one mean son of a bitch. Um, and yeah, and he's just like laughing there, cackling away. Going, <laughs> You'll pay for what you have done to me, Althor. And the hunt begins. <laughs> so yeah, so we've now we've now had a, a reversal, you know. So Rand's come in, he's killed a bunch of Trollocs and he's taken the horn. So suddenly we've gone from the great hunt of everyone chasing after Fane, who's nicked the horn of Valera, and the dagger to the opposite. Now Rand's nicked it back, and now Fane's going to try and hunt him. Love this book. This book is just twists and turns all over the place. It's just, it's just great. Just absolutely great. <laughs> such such a fun book. Anyway, guys, I'm going to go into a little bit of readings with Billiardo. And now, the Taviren present to you readings with Bill. Gather them all in. Thane snarled. The goat-snouted Trolloc backed away from him. The fire piled high with wood now, lit the hilltop with flickering shadows. His human followers huddled near the blaze, fearful to be out in the dark with the rest of the Trollocs. Gather them, every one that still lives, and if they think they can run, let them know they'll get what that one got. He gestured to the first Trolloc that brought him word of Al Thor was not to be found. It still snapped at the ground, muddied with his own blood. Hooves scraping trenches as they jerked. Go, Thane whispered, and the goat-snouted Trolloc ran into the night. Thane glanced contemptuously at the other humans. They'll have their uses still. And then turned to stare in the night towards Kingslayer's dagger. Althor was up there, somewhere in the mountains, with the horn. His teeth grated audibly at the fort. And he did not know where exactly, but something pulled him towards the, the mountains. Towards Al Thor. That much of the Dark One's gift remained to him. He had hardly thought about it. He tried not to think of it. Until suddenly, after the horn was gone, gone! Al Thor was there, drawing him as meat draws a starving dog. I am a dog no longer. A dog no longer! He heard others shifting uneasily around the fire, but he ignored them. You will pay for what you have done to me, Althor. The world will pay. He crackled at the night, mad with laughter. The world will pay! Yep, that's it, guys. That was Readings with Bill. Uh, join us next week, where we are going to talk Sedin. Yes, <laughs> chapter... Was it chapter 20? Yeah, we're a chunk through the book now. Hey, see, thing, things <coughs> things are slowly pushing forward. Which I think it was a song by The Streets. Anyone remember The Streets? I'm going to go listen to some of The Streets. I remember that. I'm, I miss that stuff. <laughs> but yeah, let's push things forward. Yeah, yeah, see, I remember that. Anyway. <coughs> anyway, guys. Please, 
the show is making a semi comeback and I apologise if you had to stop reading for a long time or if you just read ahead and if you're still listening along because you find it entertaining thank you very much I love you all I just love talking about the wheel of time obviously I don't have anyone to talk to so I talk to a microphone and hope that other people out there are listening <laughs> but please if you do love the show please give an iTunes review give us a 5 star 4 star whatever you want any stars help and um, also on any other podcasting apps that you happen to use please feel free to rate and review the show tell your friends tell your family tell your dogs tell your pets and tell uh, padding fame you know if you happen to wander across him um if you want to check out any wheel of time news always always just go to twitter twitter of time hashtag you'll find the latest and greatest stuff that's going on from there you can also join our discord which is now changed to the probablywork.com network discord and notes will be in the show notes below please join us over there if you want to come talk about wheel of time with me and my podcasting buddies um now we're also on youtube don't forget you can go to youtube and subscribe and listen there we do have a, a, a relatively small following but i'm pleased that at least a few people are on there and again youtube please comment like and subscribe if you can um so many places you can go show your love for the pod and um yeah and i love you all too <laughs> you know but i've been talking for a long time now i'm getting quite thirsty it's time for a drink i still haven't had that sausage sandwich yet my 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 corn sausages are gonna be burnt to a crisp downstairs right now i hope you're happy about that um <laughs> yeah i'm gonna have to enter the void while i eat it just so i don't have to taste it anyway guys i love you all i'll see you all next week i've run out This has been a presentation of the We Can Make This Work Probably Network. Follow us on Twitter at Probably Work for more of our questionable content. Also, we have a website called ProbablyWork.com. <laughs>